0: Everywhere you look, everywhere, Some somebody who needs you.
1: Oh, come on, man, cut it out.
0: I I don't know. I never was never a fan of Full House growing up. Still, I'm still not.
1: I did watch Full House growing up. Were you a fan? I would say yes. So I've seen every episode, and I watched heavily Full House. I don't think I finished the last season though.
0: Well, how many seasons of Full House do they have?
1: I think five.
0: Oh wow, they made it that far.
1: Yeah, they did. uh But Bob Saget was like not a prominent character. He was kind of like in and out, like a recurring. Cause
0: he was more like a guest star, or anything. then
1: a... Pretty much, it was more focused on Candace and her family. Cause she, she basically had the same life that that bob had she married a fireman that got killed in the line of duty and she ended up having two kids with this guy and she is looking to start a new life in the same house and the whole entire series is a confliction because she falls in love with her partner who is a doctor but then steve comes back into her life her high school sweetheart and she kind of falls in love with him and her sister Stephanie is pretty much like the partier of the two and she falls in love with, um oh, I forget her name, uh, Kimmy's brother, which was ironic because she hates Kimmy because Kimmy's stupid.
0: I see. Did, did the Elston twins like ever show up?
1: No, they never showed up at all on the show.
0: Is there beef?
1: Uh, I thought there was, but apparently there wasn't. They had other prior commitments. Plus, they don't really act anymore.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, I, I would think. I don't know. They would at least have like a guest spot. I mean, not both of them because I don't think. Like, didn't they rotate like the role? Like, here yeah.
1: So the child labor laws are that you can only work a certain amount of hours. So that's why they always get twins for that type of role because they can use one twin exceed their hours and then use the other. They did the same with Big Daddy. They used the Sprouse Twins and, yeah, obviously Full House. And I'm trying to think there was another show or something like that where they used Twins. But, yeah, that's basically what they do is they use Twins so they can just rotate them back and forth. Well,
0: I mean, obviously we know, you know, our pre-topic is, uh, you know, the death of uh, Bob Saget. I, I feel like every week we're we're talking about a, a fortunate, uh, you know, another big death in in the world of Hollywood.
1: Yeah, Bob Saget being one of them, and uh, obviously I didn't watch a lot of his stuff outside of Full House and Fuller House. Uh, he was a very, and he obviously did America's Funniest Home Videos. He was, if you know him from Full House. You'd be shocked to know that this dude was blue comedy and very vulgar. Danny Tanner's supposed to be the clean-cut family man. And when I say clean-cut, I mean clean in both a literal sense and a, uh adjective sense. He's clean as in he loves to keep his house clean, and he's just clean in general as far as how he presents himself. But not Bob Saget. <laughs> Bob Saget was... Dirty ass comedian. Like, first time I ever heard him curse. Personally, was in Dumb and Dumberer where he played uh, the father of one of the girls that I can't remember it was Harry Lloyd tried to hit up on. And he had a chocolate bar that he had in his pocket, but it melted, and he smeared it all over the bathroom. And then his uh, Bob Zager goes in the room. Oh my god, he's shit all over my bathroom. He's shit all over my bathroom. Just constantly screaming shit, and it was just weird. And he does it again later on when, uh, again, I can't remember if it's Terry or Lloyd, covered in mud, and then he slams into his car and he's like, Oh my god, you shot all over my car! All over again. He's a very vulgar comedian. And if you see outtakes of Full House, you'll see Bob Saget after like a blooper happens, he'll start breaking into his adult comedy.
0: I didn't realize Bob Saget was very close with uh, Chris Farley. He's close with a lot of the SNL guys, especially during like from the 90s era. Have you ever seen uh, Dirty Work with uh, Norm Macdonald? I have not. It's a film that he directed. It stars Norm and has uh, cameos from Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, uh, Gary Coleman, Don Wrinkles. I think Cherry Chase is in the film as well. A lot a lot of those people from that era were in that film. And I didn't know a lot of them were close with Bob Saget like that.
1: Makes sense. just seems like Bob Saget was... I know there was a photo that was surfacing with him and Norm MacDonald. Showing how sad it is to lose both of these comedians in such a short span of time.
0: Yeah, man. It's it's still so sad. Uh, he's definitely... Uh, I guess, in a way, he's, he's influential, both on screen and behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, most mostly everyone knows him, Ozzy, for playing the clean-cut dad from Full House. But, like, outside of that show, uh, he was a very vulgar comedian. And he just seemed like a really nice guy. You know, and when he passed away, of course, you know, that that really hurt uh, John Stamless very hard. Because they were very close.
1: I could imagine and Dave Coulier, he was on Full House as well. Candace... Uh, I I can't remember her name, full name off the top of my head. I just know her as DJ. Um, I don't know if the Olsen twins have made any public statement. I've seen a lot of outpouring. I didn't really say anything on Facebook because I didn't know what to say. It gets to a point when celebrities die so unexpectedly that you're just like, what do you say in these times? I I just get too loss of words. And again, my only real connection with Bob Saget was Full House. And I felt like if I would have said something, it would have been similar to what everyone else is saying, because that's one of his most famous roles in TV, other than America's Funniest Home Videos. But it just seems like I would have just been repeating what everybody else was saying.
0: Especially, you know, I really feel like I I could really add much to what everybody else is saying, because obviously a lot of people wrote Full House... I was never really a big sitcom guy, and I never, you know, grew up on Full House. But I've always liked Bob Sag, especially his cameo he had in uh, Half Baked with uh, Dave Chappelle. No, you know, I, <laughs> have you ever sucked dick for Coke?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like that line in Jane Solomon and Bob where uh, George Carlin's hitchhiking and says we'll give head for a ride, and Jane Solomon and Bob are like confused, like. Yeah, and if you go in there and don't make with the head, won't they just whoop your ass? And he goes, sure, if you don't make with the head. They're like, what? George Carlin and him were kind of similar in the vulgarity department.
0: But rest in peace to Mr. Bob Saget. It's just very, you know, unfortunate. It's just very unexpected. Because I I wasn't sure if he had any health problems prior to his death. I don't remember reading anything about Bob having any health issues.
1: Um, yeah, nothing significant. I don't remember hearing that he had drug problems or alcohol problems or anything. I could be wrong, but I don't remember him having substantial issues or anything like that or having run-ins with the law. Just a comedian. That was it.
0: Rest in peace to uh, Mr. Bob Saget. And before we get to our uh, film discussion, you told me before we start that you have a story.
1: Yeah, um, there's sort of a moral to this story, and the moral to this story is that sometimes there are things that your parents do that you're going to hate at the time, but years back or years later, you're going to thank them. Now I'm going to backtrack a little because I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast with Joey Diaz, and it kind of inspired me to share the story. And it kind of has a dark ending to it, but you will get the drift. And I hope to God that people listen to this. So, when I was like 14, I'm gonna say I was 14 at the time. I obviously it was like any other 14-year-old boy. You're into like violence. You're into gore. You like when you watch your films. You don't want to watch a story. You don't want to watch long, long drawn-out talking. You just want to see explosions. You want to see BOOM! And all that stuff. And my mom, uh, God rest her soul, she uh, wanted to go see a movie. And she had taken me to all the movies I wanted to see when I was young. Good Burger, Pokemon movie, the whole nine years, the Flintstones movie, what have you. Movies that she dreaded having to go to because obviously they didn't pertain to her taste, they pertain to mine, but she wanted to make me happy. And uh, so one day, she wanted to go see a movie, and my father couldn't go see it with her. I think it was because my sister was too young at the time to be taken care of by somebody else, and they couldn't find anybody. The movie in question was Mystic River, starring uh, Sean Penn, uh, Tim Robbins, and Kevin Bacon. So I'm not sure if you, Travis, have seen Mystic River. I have. Okay, you have. Was, but all uh, just...
0: directed by uh, Clint Eastwood.
1: All right, so I'm going to dive into somewhat of the plot. So the movie is about Sean Penn's daughter who gets murdered. And the whole movie centered around who did it, and they believe it was Tim Robbins' character. And Kevin Bacon plays the cop friend. But Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, and Kevin Bacon's character were friends since childhood. Now, the very first scene in the film is a scene where... There's some concrete and it's not dry yet, it had just been put there. And they want to carve their names to basically live there or have a lasting legacy, so to speak. So Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon as kids write their names and Tim Robbins' character is about to write his name. And then these two individuals come up and basically say, you know what you're doing is against the law, right? It's vandalism. Blah, 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 blah. And so they tell him, you need to go into our car whatever. It's been a while since I've seen the movies. I don't remember the exact dialogue. But they basically forcefully, in a verbal sense, told him, you have to come with us. And so, confused, he just goes into their car. Come to find out that these two guys have no law enforcement whatsoever. They're not even like, um, what is it that George Zimmerman called himself? Uh, a self-appointed uh, guy that what was the terminology again
0: I couldn't tell you it was <laughs> all uh, my head
1: yeah it's basically the, uh, the nightkeeper I guess you can call it they weren't even that these two guys were just basically pedophiles looking to find a kid to kidnap and, and rape and molest and possibly kill and then somewhere along the way Tim Robinson's character I believe escapes their clutches so, that scene is important for what I'm about to say. So, anyways, I went to go see this movie. It's about a two hour film. And I'm saying to myself after the film ends, as a 14 year old kid, because there's a lot of dialogue, oh my god, that was the worst movie I'd ever seen. It was fucking boring. I used to, like, rag on my mother all the time. Why did you drag me to see this fucking film? And she's like, I have to see all your films. I'm like, ah, oh, but this was fucking boring. I just ripped into her. Now, let me preface this, I have seen the film later on, and I like it way better now as an adult, because obviously my film tastes have changed, and the film is actually very fucking good. Anyways, about a year or two later, I want to say two years later, because Mr. River came out in 2003, so this would have been about 2005. Uh, me and a personal friend of mine, his name is Chris, We were looking to make some extra money, it had just snowed. So we wanted to make some extra money shoveling yards, because we were like, you know, we're in high school, we don't have jobs. Obviously, you're not in high school, there's labor laws and all that. So we decided we wanted to go like shovel yards, see if we can make some extra cash to buy whatever, video games. And so along the way, we just become kids, we start like, you know, pushing each other not in a malicious sense you know just having fun we're pushing each other throwing snowballs and at some point my shoe comes off my fucking foot with the sock hits the snow and obviously my foot is so cold because my boots are loose and this and the other so i hightail it because he has the advantage over me and i hightail and i must have been about so many feet away to the point where he can't see me but he knows where i am so i'm running past the high school and some guy, I still can't remember the image of what he looks like, but I so vividly remember it to this day. He asks me, he basically says, hey kid, come here. I'm confused at what the hell's going on, but he sees me with a shovel. So I approach this man and he basically says, where do you live? It was his first sentence to me. I was like, I just pointed in a random direction. I wasn't going to tell him where I lived. But I basically said, I live that way. And he said, "Uh, I work at the carpet store. Travis, you may remember the carpet store that uh, you and uh, our personal friend Stu got picked up by the bus stop on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, That was the bus stop that we always took. And that's the carpet store that this man is referring to. So he's like, I work at the carpet store and uh, we need uh, our sidewalk to be shoveled. Would you be able to shovel it? We'll be we'll be happy to pay you. And I said to him, Oh yeah, cool. That 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 sounds great. I'll just let my friend know. He's coming. He's like, Oh, cool. Uh just hop in my car and, and I'll drive you right over there. Boop, 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 boop. My alarm in my brain went off. Seeing that scene in Mystic River, I was like, boop, boop, boop. And I just said to him, No, that's okay. I, I can walk there, it's not that far. It was literally a five-minute walk. And then the guy is like, "Oh, no, come on, don't be like that, man." And I said, "Sir, it's okay. I can I can walk. It's not that far. I can manage it." And he just looked at me, put his hands up in the air like how Donald Trump does when he's like, "Believe me" with these hands, they're still so big, whatever. He said, "You know what? Whatever, man." And just went into his car and drove off. So my friend comes back. I finally see him and I told him about this man and the carpet store. We head over to the carpet store, talked to the individual that worked in that carpet store, and he basically said, nah, "Our thing was completely shoveled; it was completely swept, uh, swept away." Blah blah blah. It was, they did, and they didn't know who this guy was that they were referring to. Now, everything I told you is a hundred percent true story. I'm not embellishing it. I'm telling you how I remember it. I sit here and explain the story because. Had my mom not dragged me to go see Mystic River, I think that I would have been stupid enough to hop into this car with this guy and who the fuck knows what would have happened. Maybe he was referring to a different carpet store and I misinterpreted him. Or he was what I think he was and was a real child molester looking to kidnap somebody and possibly kill them. I didn't know this guy from a hole in the wall. Because I saw Mrs. River and saw that scene, I knew instantly to just reject this person's offer to put me in this car. All I'm saying is, and this is just a lighter note, if your mother or father does something that you do not like, and I'm of course I'm not talking about them raping you or anything like that, I'm talking just like any petty shit that you may think is so uh, unfair, this that, and the other couple years from now, maybe it's not a year, two years, but years later, you're probably going to realize that that motherfucker, whether it be your dad or your mother or whoever is your guardian, was probably doing something in your favor. Just saying.
0: That's a that's a crazy story. I, I've never heard this story. You've never told me this story. This is the first time I've heard it. Yeah, That's, um, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I never really told it because... It was locked in my brain for a while, but watching Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz talk about how they were talking about a story about how yeah, Joe Jackson may have abused their kids, but if he didn't abuse their kids, do you think Michael Jackson would have been the big star that he became? They, they were trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive, and it just reminded me of my mom dragging me to see a movie I did not want to watch because of the fact that it wasn't into my particular taste. But then remembering that same movie that I had such a hatred for, for a good year or two, thinking it was the worst movie of all time, and then being put in almost the same exact scenario with a little bit of differences. This guy tried to be nice, and these two uh, guys in the movie tried to be a dick. They tried to lure kids into their vehicles, and who knows what would have happened. Again, for all I know, this guy may have been legitimate, but you can't take that chance. And I didn't take that chance. And it's it's a story that I live with me to this day. I told my wife this off the uh, off the grid. And she was even shocked by it. And I remember telling my mom as soon as that happened. and She was glad to know that I wasn't stupid enough to hop in the car. Because who knows what the fuck would have happened. So, again, this is a story that I never thought I would share. But I figured it would be a wise thing to tell people. Specifically younger audiences who may have some sort of beef with their parents always telling them what to do. Sometimes it's not out of your, uh, out of spite, let's just say. And granted, this was an accident teaching, but I'm just saying that her bringing me to see a movie that when you watch Mystic River, there is some sort of underlying message involved comes to show that maybe your parents were right after all.
0: Ladies and gentlemen... There's one thing you can take out of his story. Do not ride in cars with strangers.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a dick. Just politely decline. And if they get erratic, then you know right away that there's an issue. So, And luckily, this guy didn't get erratic. It would have been stupid for him to get erratic because we were in an area where there was too many witnesses. So would have been real dumb of him.
0: And if you see them get erratic, then you know deep down you made the right decision. Even if they
1: don't. Yeah. Even if they don't, you still made the right decision.
0: Yep. And they say it a thousand times. Don't ride in cars with strangers. It's true. Do not ride in cars with strangers. I don't care where they are, who they are. Don't do it.
1: What they offer you.
0: What they offer you. Candy, money, whatever. Don't mm. do it.
1: Yeah. How many times do you hear stories of kids trying to meet up with people they met online and then you come to hear the horror stories in fact one of my favorite shows growing up degrassi the next generation the very first episode it was a two-part episode focused on the character emma right before she's supposed to start junior high she's talking to a boy online that she met via some sort of chat log and The guy wants to meet her because he's from a different state and he's coming to visit and she goes to visit and come to find out that it's not a boy it's a full-grown adult who holds her captive in his hotel room and is going to do some bad things until she finds out that the man that later on the show would become her stepdad comes to the rescue so could have been much worse much much worse and I think sometimes some of the stories you hear about kids going missing, especially in this decade, and never seen again, probably has something to do with them trying to meet with somebody online.
0: And speaking of Degrassi, I hear that uh, HBO Max is is doing another revamp, or they're doing another Degrassi show. <clears throat> I, don't, uh, I don't know if you heard about that.
1: It would be ill-advised because Degrassi kind of, even the next generation... Uh, it fell under the the trap of they lost a lot of ideas, and the characters that were filling in for the previous characters that were leaving because of other commitments or all that. It just, it really lost its vibe. I, it, to me, the show died, no pun intended, the show died once JT died. When they did the episode where he got stabbed and he was killed, to me, that was the, the end of the show for me. It was such an ill-advised move. The reason was, was because the kid who played the role, I think his name is Ryan Cooley, he was wanting to get his education. And when, as a youngster seeing that scene, I always said to myself, okay, that's fine. But you couldn't figure out other ways to write him off. Like a way where if he decides he wants to come back, he can you can find a way to write him back in. This way is too permanent. You killing them off, you're like, there's no bringing them back. The only way you can bring them back is via like memories or via someone's dream or all that, but that's just like facetious talking here. And to me, it just, it, it hurt the show badly. So if they bring it back, I really wouldn't have any interest because as soon as they killed them off, like my interest in the show completely went down.
0: I don't. I don't. I know Degrassi has has had like a few shows. I think you know Degrassi, Degrassi Next Generation. I don't know Degrassi. I don't know goes to Europe. Whatever. Um, I'm I'm assuming they're going to start fresh, clean. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure they may bring back some character because nostalgia draws. Why
1: don't you just call it like Degrassi: The Excellent Adventure, and then call it the next season *Bogus Journey* or some shit? I don't. At least yeah. that's to it. <laughs>
0: Degrassi the Winter Soldier or something, I don't know. Uh,
1: or like Toy Soldiers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, d- don't bring it back, dude. You, you, what more can you do? You've taught... Degrassi, the whole point of Next Generation was to teach... Uh, I, I mean, the only really thing that they can do at this point, because the whole point of Next Generation was to teach my generation some of the things that we were going through, such as puberty... Uh, uh if you were gay like w- what do you do if you if you're a teenager and you're gay now that i think about it maybe they can do it because it's a different time period so it's a different society so people react to things differently so back in my day if you came out as gay it was like you were going to be picked on and humiliated i'm assuming now 20 years later that's not the case now if you're gay it's like oh my god you you're a brave you're, you're stunning and brave
0: the gay community Oh, oh, do you know about the gay community, the AJ Styles thing?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like he was, like, uh, a big proponent of the gay community, and he just, like, went, THE GAY COMMUNITY? Yeah. when <laughs> he responded, he just went, like, WHAT? THE GAY COMMUNITY?
0: <laughs> it's still, that's like, my favorite AJ, AJ Styles moment.
1: <laughs> THE GAY COMMUNITY. <laughs> Is that why him and CM Punk don't get along? uh to preface this ladies and gentlemen apparently cm punk and aj styles two of the best in the uh ring of honor europe they don't get along because they're two polar opposites like aj styles is a southern boy from georgia who has a little has conservative views he he's uh he's a guy that believes that he should be a man and provide for his family make sure he protects his wife and his kids cm punk's like What I uh, perceive a lot of punk rock people to be, like they are anti-government, but really their, their beliefs are they want more government type of deal. I find punk's political beliefs to be very hypocritical, but that's besides the point. There was a thing last year when the George Floyd incident happened, AJ Styles, because he's part of a publicly traded company, decided to just keep his opinions to himself and do his little gaming thing on Twitch and CM Punk called him out for not speaking up. And now he's a racist for not saying anything. Like it's not enough to be not racist. Like, Okay, sure. Uh, that that's, that's some real straw reaching there, buddy.
0: But uh, he did this interview with uh, Dave Meltzer and they're just uh, taking in questions from uh, fans. And one fan asks AJ Styles. What are your thoughts on the following you have in the gay community? And he's like the gay community. <laughs> and a fan's oh. like, yeah, I think it's contribute contribute to your looks <laughs>
1: I think you really undersold how he said it, okay? When the guy asked him that, he the way he said it was the gay community. Like, the way he said it was like what? He was baffled.
0: He was There's baffled. also he was, he was turned off by it.
1: There was also a rumor, I don't know if it's true or not, that AJ Styles is a flat earther.
0: Uh, yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah,
1: don't put. Look, don't. I'm just saying that's what is said. I'm not saying that's what he believes. I'll let him speak for himself. So, but that gay community thing is true. It's out there. You can find it on YouTube. It's one of the funniest reactions because it's just like he. It's almost like he. The, the reaction he gave was more an appallment, if that's a word. He sounded appalled. <laughs> He's a figure in the gay community. Uh, like, I would presume David Hasselhoff would be the same thing, but <laughs> I don't know. Would I take that as a compliment? Kind of. I mean, I would let him know, hey, to the gay community, I'm glad that you, you, you uh, look at me that way. But unfortunately, you don't have a chance because I don't roll that way. No disrespect, that's your life, you live how you see fit, I have no problem with it, but I do not roll that way. Sorry.
0: But well, yeah, but that was just a little inside joke. Uh, yeah, that was just a joke. It was it was funny. It just just his reaction and I mean it's it's still I still, you know, re- reference it here and there every time people mention the gay community I've just being
1: like the gay community? The gay community It took me a second to say it's been a while since I've heard that. Killer Clowns,
0: uh, yeah. I never liked this film as a child. I first seen, I was, I was very young when my father showed this film to me. Uh, he always liked the movie, and when I when I first saw it, I was like, this is stupid.
1: I actually have the same story as you. When I first saw this film, I saw it when I was like 13, 14, I hated this film as well. I thought it was stupid, but I seen it again in my later years. This is not my second time viewing it, this is like my fourth or fifth. And I like it. I really like it.
0: Yeah, I've I've s i have i have recently seen it again. I made uh, a couple months ago I when it was on Netflix, it was actually one of the top trending films on the app at the time. I was and I was like, Wow people I guess you know Killer Clowns is getting a new audience again. Cause this film always had a cult following. It was I'm assuming it wasn't a big hit when it came out. Uh, this is this is rated PG-13, and I'm not sure how many times they set the F word. Maybe twice. But obviously, the ratings were the standards for the ratings were different back then compared to now. Uh, the budget was uh 1.8 million. I I don't see what they made out of it, or if they ever made their but money back. But since then, it's had a legacy. Uh, it, you get a lot of merch, probably especially now than uh before when it first came out.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I can attest to that because uh, not the last time, but the time before when I went to Universal Studios, it was right around the same time that Halloween Horror Nights was approaching. When Halloween Horror Nights comes, they sell a lot of Halloween merchandise and depending on what they decide to make a theme, they'll sell that merchandise because during the night they'll do like a big exhibit for that specific movie. And when I went there, the two movies I remember that they were focused on was House of corpses. Rob Zombie talked about it, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They had the actual latex masks of some of the clowns in one of the stores. So, yeah, Killer Clowns definitely has a following, and Universal Studios is right there to pick it up.
0: Yeah, and to this day, they're still trying to, they want to make a, the sci-fi channel has been wanting to make a sequel, but the sequel's been in developmental hell. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a TV show out of it, kind of like similar how they did with the new Chucky series.
1: Here's the thing: I said this to my wife when we were watching it. I think that this movie was made in the right decade. The yeah. eight was perfect for this film. I think if you make it now, it won't have that same effect. It won't have that same charm.
0: I, I, I could, I could agree with
1: that because the the gimmick of this movie and the way it was made and the way everything was done. I think personally that's what made this film charming. It had that charm to it that it wouldn't have had if it was made in 2021 or 2022. Because they would over CGI in. Clowns would not look as corny as they do in here. The I was going to say the gore, but I wouldn't say this movie's that gory. No, no. I, I wouldn't say that either. It, it, there's some goofball shit there, and and it had the goofballiness to it. So, But you do it today with today's writers and today's horror filmmakers, it, they would just flop it like No Tomorrow.
0: Especially in today's environment with the whole woke movement and their influence on on these films. And they probably would have, you know, would have won a strong, powerful female lead in this movie.
1: Yeah, we gotta tick all the woke boxes, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, that that stuff does get tiresome after a while, it's like, can we really enjoy anything without somebody finding something so arbitrary in any um, entertainment piece and be like, oh my god, this offends me because it doesn't tick all the boxes of uh, diversity or some shit, like, yeah, let let's set a movie in ancient Rome where it's like the fourteen hundreds or what? No, in the BC era, where it's Julius Caesar and we're fighting, but we don't have enough diversity. We need a, a, a gay, lesbian nun who's one legged and and is transgender. Come on, He's
0: transgender and knows every form of martial arts on the planet because we mm-hmm. gotta be strong.
1: And. They have to be the one with the only sense, a uh, bit of common sense, whereas the straight white male has to be the dumb one.
0: Not this movie.
1: Nah. Well, this movie really uh, didn't do anything. I, I don't think this movie really did anything that I would see the woke movement really attacking.
0: No, I don't think this film didn't do nothing offensive.
1: No, nah, it's it, again, it's a corny fucking movie. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's a corny, dumb, fun film. That's all it, it is. It's super fun. Like, it starts off with basically everybody living their average everyday lives. But the main gist is that you got these young kids who want to go up to, uh, I forgot what they call it, but I call it Makeout Reef, like in SpongeBob, where they want to just park their cars up on a hill and get drunk and get laid. But in the midst of all of that going on, a shooting star comes by and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? But obviously everybody's curiosity gets the better of them and they want to go check it out. And you come to find out. Oh, well, actually, before we get to that, there's an old man who sees it first with his dog. And he's like, I don't know what the hell this thing is. And eventually one of the clowns makes a circle from the the tent and kidnaps one of the dogs. And the guy's like freaking out. Like, where's his dog? What did he call his dog again?
0: Uh, damn it. I can't remember. Cause you know I'm so great with names.
1: <laughs> yeah, he calls his dog some weird name, but it, it really doesn't matter. The point is, is that he doesn't know where his dog is, and he's like vowing to get his dog back. But every time he touches the tent, it electrocutes him, and then the clown like shoots him and electrocutes him and all that. So,
0: yeah, clown uh, shoots
1: him. He glows, and then it just cuts to the uh, police station. Yes, and then the two main characters, which is the couple, um, what was it? Uh, Debbie and Debbie and what was the guy's name?
0: Uh, The guy from freaking uh, New Year's Evil.
1: Oh, was he from New Year's Evil? No, but what was his character name? Mike?
0: Uh, I think it was Mike. Let me me get it up now.
1: I'm about to get it up myself. But Uh, yeah.
0: We, we we definitely did our homework here we have our notes oh uh, yeah oh
1: <laughs> uh, yeah it was mike it was mike played by uh grant kramer i believe is how you pronounce his name um so yeah they he wants to get laid and drink all the champagne and wine but she wants to go see what the fuck it was and she wants they to go, explore she wants to explore you know curiosity is getting the better of her so she wants to go see this tent well she doesn't know it's a tent but Actually, hold up. When they see the tent, they don't even realize that that was the the shooting star. They just see a tent. They
0: see a tent they realize, like, what the hell is a tent doing out here in the middle of nowhere?
1: Yeah, and so the guy, Mike, wants to go inside and see what the hell is in here. She's just like, no. She's got, like, the, the whole, no. Like, she was so curious to see what the hell was in this forest. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, now I'm freaking scared. Let me put on my pigtails and run away. Because, you know. But basically he convinces her to go in and they realize once they walk in that this is not a circus, this is a spaceship. This is an absolute spaceship. A big ass spaceship. Oh my god. Once you get inside of it. It uses all the stereotypical stuff that a circus does. Clowns and all that stuff. They finally walk into a room where there's like cotton candy balls. But it's not really cotton candy. That's just like cocoons to which people are dead. They're dead as Dillinger. So they run out of the tent. And they have to go tell somebody. Meanwhile, at the police station, you've got Officer Mooney and uh, his buddy. I think it was Bob? Or no, was it. R- oh my God. We're so bad with names right now.
0: Uh, it was Dave. Dave and and uh, officer mooney who's played by uh john burn who most fans may know him from as the principal from uh, national lampoons animal house
1: dave is trying to help or is trying to lessen the mood of mooney because he has two individuals who are being apprehended for committing some crimes and mooney is just a freaking hard ass whereas dave he's like dude just give him the due process and do it by the books don't over overdo it type of deal oh there's one thing i forgot before any of what i just said happens the make out reef as i call it when everyone's making out while that's going on these two dopes in an ice cream truck pull up
0: the terenzi brothers
1: the terenzi brothers they are trying to sell some ice cream and all of them are just like turned off because they feel like these guys are cock blocking them.
0: Meanwhile, yet, they got to... out sex, also, you hear ice cream music in the background.
1: Yeah, and then they got these two girls saying, Hey, we thought you thought we were gonna have all the free ice cream we, we can eat. And I think one of them said, You've got a nice shirt on. She's like, Yeah, I plan to keep it on. I said, oh. <laughs> what a way to be a buzzkill. So, obviously, their plans to get laid pretty much are to no avail and they leave. Keep in mind, those two are, are going to come back. The Terenzi brothers will come back. So what happened? So Mike and Debbie go to the police because they know Debbie knows a guy there named Dave that can help. But when you think about it and ponder it, how are you going to explain to somebody what you just saw? Because keep in mind, when they're in the, the, the tent, the spaceship. One of the clowns catches them, and what he does is he shoots popcorn at them. And now they got popcorn all over themselves. That's going to be prominent later on. And when they run away, the clowns come out of their spaceship and decide to walk into town. My favorite is when this one clown, I can't, I mean, I don't think they have real names, but... One of the clowns is outside the drugstore and realizes he has to play along and be like a robot like the little animatronic monkey that's outside so he does all the hand movements these two girls walk in and he proceeds to walk in this is off screen by the way he obviously shoots them with the cotton candy cocoons and while he's in there he's just like destroying everything and you got the store clerk that's like uh uh," and he's just like knocking shit over making a mess (laughs) It's and this scene goes on. Not not in like sequence. Like they will pan to the scene, go to another scene, and come back, and he's still just knocking shit over while this guy is like Sir, sir. And I think at some point they decide to pick up some Flintstone vitamins or some shit as part of their uh their substance that they need to bring back to their ship.
0: Yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of things. They're playing with the shaving cream, Oh uh, yeah! With powder.
1: Yeah, so like these clowns go on certain hijinks. Another favorite of mine is there's this biker gang that's hanging out. They're just like <laughs> chilling and this little clown comes up. He's like the smaller clown and he comes in a little unicycle. And one of them's like, oh, can I ride your bike? And he's like, shake your head. Can I honk your horn? You're like, yeah. So he takes the bike, smashes it. And he's stomping on you. And while he's stomping on you, you here.
0: Ah, nah, nah.
1: It's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oops, I accidentally broke it. And they're all laughing, blah, blah, blah. Then the clown flies up in the air and comes back with boxing gloves. <laughs> And they're all laughing at not like, ah, oh, we're not taking this seriously. And then the guy says the line, what are you gonna do, knock my block off? One hit, his head fucking flies into the garbage can and everyone just freaks the fuck out and drives away.
0: My favorite has to be um, these people winning at the bus stop.
1: I, I knew you were gonna go there, I yep. knew it. And the clown
0: <laughs> starts making uh, shadowy figures with his hands and he's doing all these different things. <laughs> and then finally, and and at this point, that's when the main character Mike and Dave are in the police car, because um they they go back. Well, I guess before, I guess leading up to that scene, Mike goes back to the goes back to the spot where he saw the tent, the spaceship, to prove to the cop that these things are real. They don't see the tent; the tent's gone. It's just like a big hole where the tent was. But so the cop, so cop Dave thinks like, "Oh my god! Now you're proving Officer Mooney right. You guys are a bunch of clowns." So he puts handcuffs on him. He throws it back into the car. He's probably going to say he was drunk or something when he brings it back to the station. But then they go back to the spot where everybody was making out. And it's a aban- all the cars are abandoned. There's all like cotton candy inside the cars. And he starts to realize, oh shit, maybe this kid's probably, he's onto something. Mm-hmm. So so they drive back into town to see if they can find any more of these clowns or anything going on. And then, of course, that's when they see this clown uh, doing the shadowy figures. Then a the clown makes a does like makes like a shadow dinosaur, and the dinosaur eats everyone up.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. But keep in mind, some of the figures that he was doing were like super impossible. He made one with a boat where like sailors were coming by. <laughs> and he was like all amazed. But he's like not doing anything. He's just like crossing his hands. And it's like, how does that turn into a boat? But whatever. Uh, we're trying to think of logic in a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but. There was also one scene where uh this little girl's at a place called what was it big big uh big top burger big it was a little kid's burger joint and one of the clowns is doing the whole peekaboo to the kid and trying to lure the kid out there and meanwhile while the kid's like trying to sneak out he's got a mallet behind him it's like the one that mr fiend the the or the fiend bray wyatt used to have in his little firefly funhouse He's got kind of it behind him. He's about to like knock this kid's blog off. And as soon as the kid opens the door, the mother like yanks her away. And he just gets so pissed that he didn't get it. So I think that same clown takes a uh, popcorn and pours it inside the dumpster. And then the guy who works there is taking the garbage out. All of a sudden he hears noises and he opens up the dumpster. And I guess whatever was in there, the popcorn sucked him in and just ate him. A lot of corny kills in this movie.
0: Yeah, that's um and you realize the popcorn that he was shooting at them with, uh there's definitely there's more to it than just they're not your average popcorn. They're alien popcorn.
1: Yeah, they're like eggs in a way. Um there's parts where people in their houses, like this one girl was just getting I think she was on the phone or getting out of the shower, opens up the door and the clowns just barge in and just fucking shoot her. And one clown offers uh an old woman uh, chocolates and she's like, oh, you did this for me and then just shoots her a lot of crazy kills. Um, so you were talking Mike and and Dave. They actually take Debbie home. They don't want Debbie to be involved. But as you said about the popcorn, there was still some popcorn all over her clothes. So she goes and decides to take a shower and take her clothes and put in the hamper that has the popcorn. Well, the popcorn starts to move. And that's when you realize, yeah, the popcorn is not just popcorn. So when she gets out of the shower, these damn popcorn aliens start popping out and start hissing at her and all that crap.
0: There's a, yeah, and there's a lot of shenanigans happening around town. Uh, the Officer Mooney's getting calls all night. From people about these killer clowns. And he thinks that uh, the Terencey brothers are up. <laughs> it's all like a big scam. Yes. It was like the yes. Terencey brothers. They got, this, they got Mr. Myers involved. Oh my god. This town really has
1: lost it. Yeah. Because the guy who runs that drugstore. As we were talking. He calls the police to talk about. Uh, the clowns being there. And he's like. Wow. How could this be? But then he has to put him on hold. Because he's got another call. Who's calling for the same reason. But he goes back to that guy and I guess he had just gotten devoured by that point he was just completely severed um, there's one point where Dave and Mike meet up with the Terenzi brothers and uh, the Terenzi brothers don't really uh, believe their story so they try to convince them that there are women involved in this and their uh, their immediate response is, do they like ice cream <laughs> But, oh, they love ice cream. This Because their whole goal is they have to sell ice cream throughout the whole night. And they make the comment, we haven't sold one bar yet. They've just been giving them out for free. So they use the ice cream truck to travel. But I can't remember if this was before or after. But eventually, Mr. Mooney runs into one of the clowns. The clown, like, comes into the police station. Oh! when dave leaves to go see what debbie's talking about he makes a comment he says you're not gonna make a dummy out of me when he says that you need to remember that for the rest of the movie because eventually foreshadowing foreshadowing exactly so mooney sees one of the clowns and he's having a dig at him and then the clown pulls out a bouquet of flowers and does the whole routine of squirting water in his face and makes the clown turn uh, turn around and he arrests him then does the hand trick where the hands just come loose and then he puts him in the jail cell with the same clown or the same two guys that he was berating at and saying he was gonna like fucking do some bad shit to them and the clown—I I can't remember what was going on in between—but eventually, the clown takes one of those uh, little—I uh, forget what they call them—little toys that goes Bip-bip! at parties, little blow toys that you use, and he blows it, and eventually, it grabs him by the neck and smashes him into the bars. And the two prisoners are like, "Huh? So, what are you in here for?" And he just turns and looks at him. When Dave gets into the police station, the two guys the two robbers are wrapped in the cotton candy and as he turns back the clown has officer mooney and made him into literally a dummy put two little round dots on his cheeks and little lines underneath his mouth to make it look like he's a dummy and used them as a ventriloquist dummy (laughs) it was great well anyways it was this scene here you find out the clown's weakness Clown chases Dave, and Dave shoots it in the nose. If you shoot it in the nose, the nose explodes, and then they spin around, and they explode. That's their weakness.
0: Yep, yeah, they spin around, they evaporate, and explode, and then that was, that was the first clown death in the movie. around,
1: round, 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 It's one of those old lady songs that I don't know the name of, that somebody who's listening to this podcast is going to choke the shit out of me because I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head. But anyways,
0: I think after that scene, that's when we go back to the girlfriend. She gets attacked by the popcorn. Um, She tries to get out, all the all the clowns surrounded to the house. And then they uh, shot her with one of their little ray guns and they trapped her in like this balloon,
1: which was like, wait a minute. Everybody else, they've been was, trapping in the cotton candy thing, the cotton candy cocoon. Why did they trap her in a ball? Like what made her unique?
0: yeah because she was because i guess later when they go to find her there were other balls but it never established if other people were like trapped in there
1: uh dave made a comment he wanted to rescue or one of them said we gotta rescue the rest of them but then the clowns started coming well we should backtrack a bit so these clowns go to like a circus area and there's a cop there basically says you need to get out of here. It's private property And then they all have these pies. He's like, what are you gonna do with those? And they basically just keep throwing all these pies and he gets smothered and killed and all the whipped cream. And as they're walking in, one of the clowns decides to put a cherry on top just to add insult to injury. So anyways, they put their spaceship into this area. And then that's when they come in, uh, Dave, Mike, and the Terenzi brothers, they decide they have to try and find Debbie who's trapped in the ball. And that's when they try to rescue, they were gonna rescue the rest of them, but they couldn't because the clowns were there. And then the clowns basically corner these three individuals and it looks like they're done for. Until the Terenzi brothers show up in their ice cream truck.
0: (laughs) they look like the devil. All of a sudden you hear the ice cream music in the background. And then boom, they come crashing through the wall.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then they start speaking in the microphone like they're the leader. And they're like, you will leave them alone. Because they have a little clown head on top of their ice cream truck. You will leave these individuals alone. Let them go. And they actually listen. They let them go. But then, then the big monster clown comes. The big villain of the film. Basically, the brawly, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, the, the, the Mama Alien from Aliens, but you know, in Clown. Well,
1: Pretty much. He takes the ice cream truck, chucks it, and the ice cream truck explodes, and you think the Torenzi brothers are, are killed. So obviously, uh, it's just Dave, Mike, and Debbie. I, I should We should make a note of this, is that the connection between Dave and Debbie is that they were a couple at one point and no longer a couple. Send because now she's with Mike, and uh, I think Dave had made a mention. I understand you prefer laughs over stability. I guess that's meant to be an insult that she made a downgrade, but whatever. <laughs> so he tells them get out of here. They run out, and uh, he tries to shoot at this clown, but he can't because the clown's too big. He's trying to shoot at his nose. This clown is just like unstoppable because this is like a big monster. So the clown grabs him. Meanwhile, the couple, Debbie and Mike, are running out and they run into a bunch of cops. And while this is going on, the, the, the circus tenants be coming into a UFO about to leave. And then eventually he takes his badge and bops him in the nose, explodes. And he does the big explosion and then everything explodes. And he ends up in a clown car. How he ended up in that thing, I don't know. I don't know, and
0: that clown car just happened to drop right in front of where everybody else is. <laughs>
1: and that same clown car had the Torrenzi brothers. They survived.
0: Yeah, apparently in the original, I guess, in the original script, the Torrenzi's were supposed to survive, but the cop was supposed to die fighting off the giant. But the, I guess, Clownzilla is what has been billed as. Okay. But uh, but the studio wanted a more like heroic ending. So I guess it's alright, so I guess the cop survives then.
1: So they do explain how the Terenzi brothers survived because Mike was like, I thought you were dead. Well, the Terenzi brothers went into the freezer of their ice cream truck, which helped them survive the explosion. I saw something like this similar in Heavy Rain when you play one of the characters, because the building's on fire and the fire is about to hit a gas leak uh, by the stove or by the oven. And one of the ways you survive this attack is you walk into the refrigerator and you close it and you just stay in there until the explosion happens and then you survive the explosion so i guess you can survive an explosion if you're in an ice box
0: well yeah or refrigerators uh, indiana jones the uh the fourth one the town the town exploded uh, but indiana was hiding inside a, a ref- refrigerator and the refrigerator like went in the air like bounced around but he just walked out of the refrigerator like he was completely unharmed
1: fair enough I guess that works it works,
0: it works. well at the <laughs> end of the movie and Spielberg saw that movie was like I can do that too
1: yeah the end of the movie they look up and they see something sprinkling all over them they say this is the end right and all of a sudden all three of them get hit with pies
0: and then and, and then, then that, they play that, that cheesy killer clowns rock music
1: yes and that was the film
0: Killer clowns from outer space. Where did they come from? Why did they come there? Why did they want to kill anyone? I don't know. Who cares?
1: Yeah. No motive whatsoever. But this movie was so fucking cheesy and great, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I loved it too.
1: I, I could watch this movie again right now, actually. It's a very fun movie. It's a movie that... I don't know why I took so seriously when I first saw it. Maybe it's because I was a teenager and I didn't see most comedy horror films like this. This was a, a unique one. This film is just—it's fun. Uh, that's what it is. It's fun. And um, as I said, I think it was made at the right time, 1988. Perfect time to make this film. You make it in 2022, they, they're bound to fuck it up. I—here's what I want. I just want to see one guy and and it should only be done once. I don't think it should be overdone. But have one guy use nothing but effects and cameras and all that stuff from the 80s. Just replicate an 80s movie in today's world. See how it works. There is going to be a market for it. It may not be the market of today's generation, but there are ways you can market to an older generation. I mean, We just went to an 80s party. Obviously, that's catered to people who grew up in that time. I I would presume somebody would buy a ticket to see a film that's using all elements from the 80s and what made 80s films uh, remarkable in a way.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, again, nostalgia draws. Would a killer clowns in 20 in this era work as a follow-up to the original? I don't know. well, for this to work, you definitely need a you would need a budget behind it to pull off these effects. I mean, and as you mentioned, they're gonna they're probably gonna CGI everything. Uh, I don't know what would what would exactly be practical because everything was practical in this film. That's what really that's what really made it stand out and what made it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, would, would it work today if you give it like a like a Chucky reboot, give it a TV show? Maybe.
1: TV show movie is not where my concerns are. It's how it's going to look like. Okay. You've seen the Mountain Dew commercial with um, Gizmo from Gremlins. I don't like the look of that Gizmo. I like the old Gizmo and the way it looks because it's much cuter in the uh, original Gremlins. Um, It's the same thing with uh, we've talked about this at length and um, who's Ellie? Who's a big Star Wars fan? I don't know if she would back me up on this but uh in star wars episode one they originally used a puppet for yoda and then they redid the movie to make him look more cgi and cgi sometimes works i'm not saying cgi is the worst thing in the world i think cgi is helpful i think i like cgi when um i think it was terminator genesis despite everybody's hatred of the film i thought it was really cool when they were able to make arnold look like the arnold from 1984 the cgi and have them interact with the arnold of today it was really cool so there is i'm not saying cgi is the death of movies there is cgi that can be used and it's used properly the problem is people people use cgi at the expense of what they're creating and i think sometimes the charm is just from what's he saying less is more sometimes you don't need to have all that crazy stuff to make a good film and look at this killer clowns this is a film that needs to be made exactly how it was made, with the effects it was made with. You do that in today's 2022, this film is nowhere near as fun. Not gonna be nowhere near as good. It's not gonna have that same charm.
0: Yeah, and I think the best thing is to probably just leave it alone.
1: It. all right, let me put it to you like this. Again, every episode, there's some sort of remark where I'm talking about Killer Pinata in some way. But think about what made killer pinata so fun for me there's no real cgi in that film it's all i mean granted i don't know if they could afford it
0: cgi couldn't can't afford cinematography
1: <laughs> the point is the charm of that film is because it has no cgi same thing with suburban sasquatch and how awfully edited that film is <laughs> now imagine if suburban sasquatch with that same script but all the effects are good like when he's ripping body parts apart would you be sitting here enjoying that same film the way you were talking about it when we reviewed it way back in the day would you have that same charm if the effects that were used when he's ripping body parts were actual cgi and the gore was actually more authentic but it's the same script and the same cheesiness i don't know
0: i think how 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 well it would look and how well it will come out and how well it would be edited together.
1: Well, CGI usually does look pretty good in the essence of visually. But what I'm saying is, let's just say it looks visually impressive because of the CGI, but it has that same corniness. Does the corniness still have that same effect where you can laugh and be like, ha ha ha, what a fucking film? Probably not.
0: I mean, he used a JPEG photo for the police car. That's,
1: <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. And he used like a filter to make it nighttime is <laughs> why stupid shit like that works Is the same thing here although i will say this i am impressed with the clown suits and how they made the clowns that that's where most of the budget went was towards the effects and the clowns the clowns looked really 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 good the whatever they used to make the clowns that again I, you just already said it that's probably where all the money went because those clowns it's really impressive looking um but yeah you keep that with all the cheesiness and all the crazy wackiness that's involved. You got a great, you got a fun film. Is this is this the Godfather? No, it's not the Godfather. It's not. not. It's nothing like that. But this is super fun. That's, I that's not. it wasn't trying to be that. No, obviously, it was a fun film. It's like it's a film that doesn't take itself seriously. This is what I was talking about with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Even if Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was like this where you have the actors being serious in the environment that's already over the fucking top, the film's going to sell itself. It's already going to be charming and funny without you having to drill it into your head that this is a comedy film. And this film did not do that. It didn't drill it into your head. this this is uh, an inside joke. It's all fun and games. No, the gimmick itself sold itself and it tried to sell itself as like, oh, my God, there's a killer clowns on the loose. You have two guys who are like really scared and everybody not believing it and then when they see it, it's like, oh shit. Which helped it. Well,
0: as you know, the filmmakers knew what knew the kind of film they were gonna make going in.
1: Yeah. And I think they did a great job. Uh who's responsible for this? The Kyoto brothers? Or is are those the ones responsible for the sequel? Yeah, Steven Kyoto. They were supposed to make a sequel, but uh, you may know the story better than I do of why that never came to pass. It was supposed. It says here it was supposed to be called "The Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space" in three D.
0: A sequel has been in development of hell since the original film's release, with Steven Kiyota, uh, having stated that he hopes to produce a series of films with a total of four installments or a television series based on the film. That's kind of what I suggested. The Sci-Fi Channel announced on October twenty second, twenty eighteen, that it was in talks to produce the rights to the films in order to produce a sequel. So I'm assuming this... I mean, it's obviously... It's 2022 and nothing has happened.
1: Does it need a sequel, though? No. I think it stands on its own. It doesn't need Yeah,
0: a I mean, to this day, they're, just, they're still making merch off of, the, off of this movie. Probably more merch now than when it first came out.
1: Originally, Steven Spielberg had the intentions of doing an E.T. sequel. And he there's literally... A plot to it. The plot was was that E.T. was supposed to come back and bring Elliot to his home planet to fix it because his home planet was in danger. Well, what's his face? Steven Spielberg nixed it because he thought that the charm of the first film would be affected by the sequel. He thought the sequel would take away from that first film. But, and I'm not sure if this is accurate so don't hold me to it because somebody's going to choke the shit out of me if i don't have the proper details here but i think that's what inspired the ride because what i just told you this the the plot is basically the plot of the ride at universal studios in orlando but as i'm saying i think a sequel would kill the charm of this first film especially now if he had done it back then maybe not but now it definitely will
0: yeah, I, I don't think anything's ever going to come up with this Killer Clowns. Um.
1: Yeah. Well, that You made an excellent point. I made one film and they're still making merch off to this day. Yep. Another movie that made only one film and is making merch off to this day Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, not. Nah, not not, not, not hey. Nightmare. Hey. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. was yeah. one and done. And to this day, you see people selling uh figurines of uh jack skellington i had a uh, coffee cup of jack skellington not too long ago so they're still selling merch of nightmare before christmas and that movie came out what in 1993 yo and it's one film you don't need any more than that or <laughs> how many times have we i uh, have i in my personal life quoted the breakfast club and there's only one film of that and that came out in 84 it's probably other film. <laughs> I, I, actually, there is a sequel to Titanic. Believe it or not, and G- that's talk-
0: James Cameron movie.
1: Yeah, although it's not directed by James Cameron. Let's let's I, say I, I figured it's, it's it's. I have to look into it, but I've I've been told there is a sequel, and uh, yeah, it's exactly is what we're thinking. It's uh, yeah.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to call bullshit on that. <laughs> they they say it's a sequel.
1: Yeah, I'm like, wait, did they bring Jack back from the dead? And uh, he's haunting Rose's dreams and stuff. like? Oh, or Rose.
0: Can the ship come back?
1: Yeah, the ship comes back in purgatory and Rose and Jack are in the boat. Like, How are you going to make a sequel to that? Yeah, it's it's like making a, a sequel to Downfall, which is a movie about the how Adolf Hitler's reign came down crashing. How are you going to make a sequel to that after Hitler has already lost his reign?
0: Let's let's make a sequel to Selena.
1: Well, yeah, you could. I mean, the the, the, the sequel would be J Lo. Went on the rise.
0: You could do an you could do like an Avengers team up with her. You could bring in uh, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> Biggie Smalls what? dies in the end of film.
1: Biggie Smalls will return. Yeah, you got uh, Selena, Biggie Smalls. You, you bring in Tupac, bring in Kurt Cobain, uh, River Phoenix, a, anybody who died in the '90s at a young age. I was going to say Brad Renfro, but he died in 2008.
0: But you guys get our points. Yeah, uh, there, there doesn't need to be a sequel to this. And
1: even no if I secrets. thought, even if I thought they would, I think the time has passed because they're going to just use CGI and fuck it all up.
0: Yeah, I mean the audience is still there. the The co following's still there. They're still making merch, yeah, shirts, toys. So I don't think I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And then, to me, that's the legacy right there.
1: Yeah. And if I go to Universal Studios during Halloween Horror Nights again and they're selling killer clown merchandise, I may pick up a shirt. I, I, really, hey, I, like, I really do like this film. It's, it's a film that I do want to invest my time in. And
0: it's a film it. that grew on me, definitely.
1: Yeah, because when I first watched it, I was like, you I didn't like it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I'm accustomed to, like, the Michael Myers, the Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Pinhead, and all that stuff where it's more serious. I was going to say Freddy Krueger, but Freddy Krueger started off series and then just became a fucking clown. But this movie, yeah, clown, no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, this movie was fun. It's, yes, I like my goofy horror films, but I like them when they're done right. And this was definitely a film done right. It's way, way fun.
0: We both recommend it. Two thumbs up. Oh, yeah. And- Oh. Killer clowns from outer space. What, what more do you need?
1: Um Killer's clowns from hell, maybe? Maybe that'll be their sequel. Oh no. They come from hell.
0: Let's stick to the merch. No, we don't we don't need a reason. Okay? They're killer clowns, they want to kill.
1: Oh, well, how about we end it on one more question? We got okay. we do got merch. We got t shirts, we got figurines, we got all that. Should there be a video game?
0: What would the game be about?
1: Uh, same concept. You're trying to escape the clowns. Maybe you've got to kill a bunch of clowns, save the town.
0: Uh, I think you can make something fun out of it. Sure, why not? Why not?
1: The only problem is a lot of movies that get turned into games usually suck, with probably the exception of GoldenEye.
0: I, I've always liked the Bugs Life for the PS1. I guess I'm the only one that ever played that game.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, wait, Bugs Life had a video game?
0: um i never i didn't play the the friday the 13th game the new one before that
1: was fun that that was fun the problem was outside circumstances with victor miller and all that shit put the game to a halt but yeah the whole point of the game was that you're jason well no there's two different types you could either play as jason and kill all the camp counselors or you play as a camp counselor trying to escape from jason in just multiple ways um so yeah that was fun uh I, there's actually a fucking game I keep saying fuck. there's a game based off of home improvement literally a video game on home improvement and i think I, I i don't know if it was an actual release i think somebody just made it handmade somebody made a fighting game on full house so we talked about bob saget earlier somebody made a custom game of full house fighters where you can play as dave coulier as joey and jesse Okay. Yeah, exactly. But Killer Clowns would be an interesting game to explore. It would have to be like a third person or first person. Maybe make it into like how they did with Friday the 13th. You could play as either the clowns or the humans. Make it like Counter-Strike or make it like um, a cat-mouse and type of game. I don't know. I, I'm a gamer. I, I just like to see something like that maybe
0: apparently the popcorn gun was the most expensive prop gun in the film
1: which is crazy because there's a lot of detail in these clowns' face yeah they made sure to not replicate any of the clowns
0: i know some of the clowns uh were recycled in Ernest scared stupid huh i mean they changed up their look of course but the original design is the uh, is the clown face from the from this film
1: yeah, I never watched any Ernest.
0: Oh God! Could you imagine if Disney bought the rice to Killer Clowns? You will, you know, for damn sure they're gonna want. They're gonna make something for like Disney Plus.
1: Oh, they'll make a whole bunch of stuff and probably butcher the shit out of it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because Mandalorian did really well.
0: Well, well, uh, the book of Boba Fett's getting critiqued right now by fans. In a bad way. Yeah. With the last episode, episode three that dropped.
1: Uh you could tell me about it off air. Why? Because that does seem interesting.
0: Yeah, but um well yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna close out this episode. Uh, episode seventy five, Fractured Skulls, killer clowns from outer space. It's
1: crazy. Do they love ice cream?